Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. So Brian Pierce here, episode 117. Uh, we are a little late this evening, but uh, hey, we were processing the awesome, if you will. That means we were trying to get all the technology set up on uh, Cole Hensley's side of everything that's going on for them over on the East Coast. He is actually staying with the Baylors, and it looks like he's got a couple other interesting characters as well with them in the shop. So uh, we're going to get to them in a little bit. Of course, for those of you who have not tuned in before, you're watching Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiast. Uh, beer drinking and bench racing, anything that you want to go on is going to go on on this show. Uh, you guys can tune in live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. After that, you can catch us, of course, on our website, which is Seat Time. We're on Twitter. It's uh, Seat Time underscore CEO. If you want to find us on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash Seat Time. We're on the Instagram. And what's even better is if you just want to get the audio feed, uh, Stitcher or iTunes is a good way to search. You do want to search for Seat Time as two words, not one. Um, of course, uh, big thanks to all of our sponsors. I hope you noticed that fantastic intro is Fly Racing, huge, huge supporters of this show. And uh, for this evening, of course, we've got the, the fine guys back at Ride PG. So Power Sport Graphics is uh, on to be another supporter of this fine episode on this Tuesday evening, just after Valentine's Day. I don't know that we have anything special planned for Valentine's Day, but... Um, I don't think anybody in the shop over there has shirts on, though, if that makes anybody feel better. So we may get a little Valentine's Day present out of that. Um, of course, other house cleaning type things. Big thanks uh, to all of our sponsors, Fly Racing and Powersport Graphics. And if you would like to support the show, there's great ways at seattime.bigcartel.com for you to be able to pick up um, some seat time paraphernalia there. It does go straight to us and helps us pay all the bills for streaming this show to you guys. So thank you for tuning in. Okay. I think that's about it on all the house cleaning duties. Steven is looking mighty fine this evening. I just wanted to let everybody know his hair's growing out, his beard's getting longer. So for those of you that don't get to see him that often, shame on you. Shame on you. So our first guest this evening is Mr. Cole Hensley, a writer we have not had on before. Uh, definitely been following him, though, in the Missouri and kind of Arkansas, central, north, north of Texas, but still centrally located uh, races that go on up there. Um, it's going to be good to get to chat with him. He's making some big changes for 2014 in the sense of going kind of regional to national um, caliber type races. So, yes, Mr. Cole Hensley, how is your evening going, kind sir? Pretty good. I um, drove all the way from Missouri. I left at 3.30 this morning and showed up at Stewart's like 4.30, 5 o'clock this afternoon. And we, uh, I rode for like an hour and then we went eight and that's, that, this is it. And I have to ask, how well are you getting along with the untrained monkeys? Oh, pretty well. Not bad. I mean, you can see them in the background. Yo, yep. Yes, bad. we can. <laughs> Back there. Hang out. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. No. That's cool, man. I'm glad you guys are having fun with it. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what seat time is all about. So cool. Um, I was doing some Google and Facebook stalking, as I usually like to do before I talk to a lot of guests that I haven't had on the show before. Um, so you've been you know, racing in the Missouri area and quite a few other regions around Missouri for a long, long time. When, when would you say you actually became a professional in the sense that started really competing in the pro ranks um, in the races that you compete in? Um, I started pro class whenever I was 15. 
um, just like some local series, like uh, Hillbilly GP is like a winter series in Missouri. Um, I ended up like third my first year in pro class and then um, went to uh, Missouri Hair Scrambles is 15 also and raced all summer. And um, I think I like my first year, I was like seventh overall, a terrible first year. And then um, the second year, I was like second overall whenever I was 16. And then um, I've won it three times since. Nice. And uh, when you were not first, um, was that still when Steve Levan was kicking everybody, all the youngsters' asses? Uh, yeah, whenever I was 15, I think he won it that year. And then um, Caleb Wallets beat me um, at the last round. We uh, I was like one point behind him for the series points whenever I ended up second overall. I think that was in 2010. And then I won it 11, 12, and 13. Nice. So it's right to say that you're a badass um, on a dirt bike. We have to get it out. I think you're a two-stroke rider, if I remember correctly. But are you a two-stroke or a four-stroker? Um, I've had all two strokes, but um, this year I've had a 450 for mm, seven months. Okay. And, okay. Um, Why the switch? I just, I don't know. I just wanted one. I rode one, and I was like, huh, this could be fun. And, you know, it's kind of easy to ride. And um, went and bought one and loved it. I raced it, like, the second day I owned it and won a, or a um, what is it, OHSCS, an Oklahoma race. Right. And, um I just like the motor. It's easy to ride, you know, just kind of lug it around. Um, but I just got a new 250XC yesterday that I'm going to race um, this year in the XC2 class and GNCC and um, expert class in National Enduro. Yeah, so that's what's neat to say. One of the things when I was doing all of my stalking was I found out – I found your funding page. Um, and unfortunately, I did not know about this before. I definitely would have shared it earlier had I known about – uh, this this funding that you have going on. So before we kind of get into what you're kind of doing on the East Coast already, tell me a little bit more about why you went this route to try to get money to help support, um, you know, your 2014. Well, I um I worked for O'Reilly's back home, and I worked 40 hours a week, and that's how I paid for. You know, I paid for everything like that 450 I bought. I have a bike payment, you know, 200 bucks a month, and I got to pay for all my gas, um, all my bike stuff, and uh. You know, having to afford that and then not work at the same time is really hard to do. It's impossible to do. So I kind of um, – there were some people back in 2012 that helped me out during the National Enduro Series I chased in 2012, and they um, they kind of helped me out this year with some money because I, I had a good opportunity to come out here and live with the Baylors and um, ride the GCCs and National Enduros again. So um I just kind of basically asked for money, like, here's my chance. This is what I want to do. I want to go chase my dream, and hopefully you guys can help me out. So, Yeah, oh, that, that, and that's a big deal. It's like I said, unfortunately, I did know about it. I would, I would have uh, shared that much earlier. There's been a lot of talk about funding and crowdsourcing and things like that. Obviously, people are kind of, how do I get a Kickstarter project for X and do this kinds of things? But I have to ask, how successful has you found? Have you found this kind of crowdfunding? Uh, how how successful has it been for you? It's been pretty good. Like I started it, I want to say two weeks ago, and a kid actually messaged me on Facebook because I kind of I put what I wanted to do out on Facebook and Twitter and um, like some local forums, um, race site forums, and. Uh, this kid messaged me who I, I was Facebook friends with. I didn't know who he was and, you know, told me about this GoFundMe website and I ended up raising like a thousand dollars in shoot. Oh, maybe, maybe three days. Right. That's Not awesome. Bad. And then I've had, I've had some others, other previous sponsors that have, that have helped me out before. 
So I, uh, I got to where I don't think I'm going to have to work down here. Um, so I can basically just kind of ride every day or do what we're going to do every day, you know, train or whatever we're supposed to do. Okay. Um, so a thousand bucks in three days, and I'm pretty sure there's been a little bit more since then, but does, what needs to happen to make it consistent where you don't have to work? Now, I know you've probably run some kind of numbers on what you need to survive and what you need to be able to train and not have to work. So what, so now that you've kind of got this starter money, which obviously is going to be a huge help, what else do you need besides say, you know, podiums and a little bit of, a little bit of winning cash? Um, is there, will this funding continue through the years or, or this year, or is it going to end soon? What, how's that going to look? No, it's going to be, I mean, the GoFundMe, it's, it's open. So if anybody wants to donate, they can donate whenever they want. Um, you know, I'll definitely be taking that. I've got, I'm honestly going for broke. Like I'm going to go until I've got $400 and $400 will give me from South Carolina to Missouri on gas. So I'm just going to, going to do it as long as I can. Yep. And then being in the XC2 class in the GNCCs, um, I have to, uh, I'm kind of trying to think about the payouts. Now I know, I don't think it's great. You know, it's probably a couple hundred bucks here or there if you're on the podium. I don't know if they have beyond the podium uh, payouts for the XC2 class. But putting yourself out there, what are your assumptions for going into the race at Florida? I mean, I'm just going to, it's, it's going to be a big learning curve. Like I've, I've done one GNCC and I did it in Indiana and my hand was hurt at the same time. So I didn't even finish and the thing was rough. So it's definitely going to be a big learning curve. You know, I've done National Enduros before. Um, but I'm gonna ride the expert class. I don't even think there's a payout in that. That's just I'm just gonna try to go do good in that and um, do some good overall results. But the GNCC, you know, I'm just hoping for at least a top 40 overall. Right. Like there's a there's a lot of XC1 guys and a lot of XC2 guys, and there's gonna be some hotshot A riders. So I'm just gonna go for a top 40 overall and see how good I can do, you know, in the class. Um, but I mean, this year's just a big learning curve for me, and it's just a good opportunity to come out here and. And try to do something of it and get some connections or whatever. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. One <laughs> that the Baylor's would give you this chance to come hang out with them. I mean, they're cool guys to hang out with regardless. I mean, their big stew is obviously the coolest of the bunch, um, but you know, you put up with the kids as you have to, of course. Um, I wanted you to know. Yeah, shut up, Stu. I wanted you to know though. It looks like they just updated, so they have like an expert double A class this year. Um, so right. it's kind of like when I, two years ago when I was quote unquote fast and I was double a Texas, but I there's no way I would have competed double a nationally at a national. Well, they never had a class for that. Well, now they do. They have like a regional double a class. Um, and it actually does have some form of payout of, I know they just updated it. So if I brought up my email and decided to stop running the show, I could tell you those numbers, but in reality, I could probably just ask Zach to put the numbers in, uh, in the chat room and he'll be able to do that for us so um i kind of you know in that is that the class you're going to be in and this kind of this expert double a class yeah that's the plan i uh, actually my dad signed me up for the first round in a open because that's what i ran in 20 2012 but um no i tried calling alan rant today and didn't get an answer i left a message that i do need to switch class all right um, well maybe we could get twitter to blow up let's get let's get uh so zach and jared and all them in the chat room get on twitter and uh, and hit Alan Rant up and tell him that he that we need to switch Cole Hensley over because he's trying to be a sandbagger and nobody on seat time <laughs> likes sandbaggers. Nobody. Thank you. Sorry. Oh Thank my you. gosh. Yep. So well that's fun. Well, 
from what you've done with the GNCCs in the past and what we know of with all the Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma stuff that's, that's kind of close to us here in Texas, tell us how it relates. What are some of the biggest challenges is challenges going in for you into Florida that you just know right off the bat you're just, this is going to suck? Well, um, Missouri's all rock and really tight wooded areas, so I'm used to riding kind of slow, more technical stuff. Um, I came out to Stewards um, the 1st of January till the 15th, and we rode a lot of sand, and I pretty well sucked in it, but I got the hang of it. Um, suspension's a big key. Um, it's going to be rough. I know I'm going to have to learn. We're going to ride a lot in the sand around here, so I'm going to have to learn how to how to handle the sand loops for three hours, I guess. Yes. And, uh, but they did. They changed venues this year, so the the Florida, even though it's still in Florida, the Florida venue this year is different for the first GNCC. Um, and Jared Bolton was telling us he's like, "Don't worry, there's still going to be sand," but he said it's not going to be the same type of terrain as what uh, a lot of the GNCC races are so used to uh, come beginning of the year. So I don't really know how that pans out. It's in in reality, um, but I guess. Bolton uh, is going to uh, drop in a little bit later after we talk with you, so maybe he'll give us some hints a little bit more about the property. I don't know. Have you cool. heard anything about how it how it's supposed to be? No, Stewart said that it's going to be really rough. So, and his really rough. That's going to be pretty rough because the stuff he thinks is or I think is rough around here. He's like, oh, this stuff's easy. So, I'm not really used to a whooped out motocross track. You know, I'm used to rocks and stuff, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yes. Well, I'm excited uh, to get my butt kicked. Yeah, no, it's going to be a challenge. I can, <laughs> I can definitely assure you that. So, of the XC2 riders this year, what do you, who do you see as some of the bigger, the bigger challengers for the XC2 title? Well, I mean, there's a Grant for sure. I mean, he won it last year, and I actually rode with him this afternoon, and he freaking rolls. But um, I mean, all those guys. I don't know what. I don't know if Jason Thomas is going to ride in it this year. Um, if Zach Osborne shows up, I mean, there's a handful of dudes that could win it. Just who can put it together? And I just, I just plan on learning a whole bunch from them and trying to, you know, hang with them for a little while and, and get used to things. But um, I think I'd say Grant's going to do pretty good. Yeah, and Jason Bulls. Thomas, Jason Thomas will be in the XC1 class on a 450. He's in the XC1. Okay. So yeah, he he. What was it about three, four weeks ago? Uh, is probably about a month ago is when he when he officially announced it through like Twitter and took a picture of a 450 and like was like well it looks like I got support <laughs> so as official as you can get yeah so we're gonna it, it'll be interesting um, and so Grant will be in the XE2 class again yep so that's that's yeah yeah that, that's your target right there I there mean, we go you just have to you just have to try to keep his dust in sight while you guys are out there training. Yeah, I'm just gonna ride with him every day, I guess. You gotta Try wake, to take him wake up next. What you gotta do is you gotta snuggle with him at night. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn a man anymore than you would unless you snuggle with him at night. When you just just get all comfy and uh, just keep him warm, you know. And then you wake up next to him and you get to see how he wakes up, how he brushes his teeth, how he eats, yeah. how he drinks. I'm pretty sure all of that would make you faster. Um, yeah, I think so, and I'm actually need to. I don't want to sleep on the floor tonight, so I'm gonna have to cut up somebody. <laughs> so we might as well start with Grant, right? <laughs> That's right. He's a big, he's a big bear. Oh, dude, it's crazy that you say that because those those sons of bitches are huge. Like, it's like you you kind of you see pictures and stuff of of those guys, and you're like, 
And I know that Stu and, uh, and Grant have both kind of gotten crap for the fact that people say, oh, they don't work out, they're fat, they're tubby. They're not. They are just massively big guys. Uh, they're just big bones. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's a lie, but whatever. Uh, it, it's funny how, like, Big Stu, he, from afar walking up, you're kind of, like, thinking the same thing. Like, oh, he's kind of a big guy. He might be a little fat. And then you, like, get close. He just wears a baggy shirt. And then if you shake his hand, you get to see his forearm and his biceps, like, totally freak out. Huge. It's just nuts how freaking big uh, a big uh, big Stu is and how muscular. What are you doing? Are you in a, are you in a center? No, I had to charge my phone at... My 10% just came on, so I had to have Caleb go outside and get my phone charger. I had to flip my phone over so to reach. Wow. 40, 44% to 10%. See, that's what seed time does. It drains your battery if you're not prepared, buddy. That's right. I'm prepared now. Talk nice. all night. Well, uh, tell us some more stuff about you, dude. That's one of the one things that we love to do here when we have riders on for the first time. You know, some of those things about how you got into the sport, why you're still doing it, you know, all that kinds of fun stuff. Well, I started whenever I was, oh... Um, close to three, my dad started me on a PW50 in the backyard. I mean, we live in a subdivision, so I was, you know, ripping around on training wheels in the backyard. I actually remember running up the wood pot, scared the crap out of me when I was like two years old. Um, and then I, uh, figured out how to ride without training wheels down the street. Like I never really rode anywhere. And then, um, got a KTM 50 and my dad took me to this, this riding park, Chadwick. I mean, it's just a big rock pile. It kind of hates the place now, but. Um, just started riding there, um, riding around. My dad would go ride out, you know, out on the trails, and I'd just stay around the truck and ride around. And um, I'd take some, like, neighborhood friends with me, and we just basically mess around all day. And then I got a 65 and couldn't figure out the clutch and um, hated riding the woods because I couldn't couldn't figure out the clutch. So I started riding motocross and was terrible at that. Never won a trophy a whole summer I raced. You know, I was, like, seven years old. Sucked. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> And um, I got onto big bikes, you know, on a 125, and, like, I started riding with just faster people, and um, I just started getting faster. Like, I was on a, a 125 in the C class, and then the B class, and I got 200 and um, started winning the A class, and then that was whenever I was 13, and then 14 and 15, I was on 250s in the uh, the pro class, and just, I mean, riding with faster people, that's kind of how you get faster, so that's what I did, and nothing else to do in missouri so that's why we're coming out here yeah it's either it's either riding dirt bikes or doing meth so. around yeah around my house yeah i mean it's like the meth capital of the world so and that's it's interesting that's kind of like a, is that a farmer's community thing i don't I mean, you said you grew up in a suburb but uh we, we were talking uh, if you watch the behind the scenes the one bit they had about will Hahn, you know he originally grew up uh at a very young age in missouri and on a farm and they wanted to keep, they were like, well, we don't want to keep them off of mesh, so let's buy them dirt bikes so they can do that around the house. And it kept, you know, but is that actually like a big deal up in Missouri? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's like, there's meth labs all over the place. Like, there was a, um, I want to say maybe a mile from my house, there was a, uh, like a nice little building um, with like a, a, like a business in it. And it burnt down. It was a meth lab. Like, they're everywhere. And like my, uh, my uncle's a sheriff here in town and I mean he's busted crazy meth labs I mean it's huge and especially Chadwick like the riding area where I grew up riding like Chadwick is the meth capital like there's people out there that are just like holy cow just unreal but yeah I mean like drugs are definitely big around like where I'm where I'm from and I mean you can definitely get caught up in some bad stuff if you're around it so 
Yeah, I mean, I've just always rode dirt bikes, and, like, I've always wanted to be good. Like, I always looked up to Jeremy McGrath whenever I was young because he was the king of Supercross, you know? So, like, he's a stud. He's cool. Like, I want to do that, and I've always sucked at motocross, so I rode woods, and I started getting good at woods, and um, it's just where it's taken me. Um, so, I, it's some of the – unfortunately, I, I kind of want to ask a weird question about the meth still. Um it, you see like a lot of the TV shows and crap like Breaking Bad and then of course uh, what did they have they had the Moonshiners so those are do, you know and Moonshiners is totally scripted you could tell but I mean that shit happens like I would imagine that yeah. Stu probably has the best friend who does Moonshine um, you know the, and not that I know but I would just imagine those guys are crazy um, I mean South Carolina <laughs> yes we're in the south we're in the so, south so would you uh, would you like wind up running across that in the woods like you said at that riding area you were at um, like a meth lab, I mean, I don't think, usually it's in like houses or like trailers or, you know, just random things like that. I mean, people know better, you know, around the riding area, you know, to do that because, I mean, it's a national forest, it's Mark Twain National Forest, so there's... Is that seriously what I just heard, meth lab? Yeah, we're talking about meth. Why? Yeah. <laughs> because, that's, that's what they call it. We're talking about meth. I'm no, uh... <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I guess you could stumble like across it, but I don't know. I think pe- people just kind of do it in their houses or in their garages around Springfield or where I'm so, from. So people in Missouri have graduated from pot to meth as the the household garage smoking drug. Yes, that's uh, yeah, scary like, and interesting. Like, like I said. I work at O'Reilly's and like I deal with some customers that are just like, wow, like you're unbelievable. Like they'll come in. I don't know if you ever heard of like heat gas treatment, but like I've seen women come in and buy cases of it. It's like a dollar and ninety nine cents for a, a can of it. And they buy case after case and they're seriously ate up, like grinding their teeth. You know, they don't have teeth or there's scabs all over their arms. They're just nasty, strung out, and they're buying like. Mm. Should probably shouldn't sell it to them, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, I guess, at that point, you just gotta gotta make gotta make money, Sonny. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got some champs in Missouri, so. Well, I got you. <laughs> we got you, buddy. So, if I remember correctly, looking at some other pictures, don't you have like a massive chest piece? Oh yeah, I've I've got quite a bit of tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to showcase any of those for the show? Oh, I don't care. I've got, I've got this. It's a uh, it's a king and two queens. And then I've got my my Indian my Indian chief with a uh, a skull and roses. And then I've got this one's pretty cool. This is like a um, it's a motorcycle helmet with a sword through it, with a wing and a broken wing. And I've got we all ride across my chest. And I had we all ride before the company started. I was at to ask, yeah, was it was it uh yeah if you got it because of the t-shirt company or the clothing company or not? But you no, say you're first. Was, it was before. It was way before they they even started. Um, You're like, man, I was I, uh, 15. Uh, I had that tattoo. You shut up. Yeah, I uh, I had it, and the clothing company came out. And what was really weird is I actually I had a buddy who tried to. Um, he actually took pictures of it of my chest and like sent it in as a resume, to see if I could get a sponsorship. And it didn't off. <laughs> trying to get some. I was trying to get some free clothes out of the deal, and it didn't happen. Yeah, so. you're like, hey guys, I might sue you. Because I had it first, and mine's right. not clothing. It's a, it, it's like, it is the clothing, man. It is yeah. The clothing. Now I've got, I've got my last name and graffiti across my back. 
I like tattoos. They're pretty fun. No, yeah, I got. I was, I, I was I got, actually the other day we had an enduro cross race in Springfield. It would have been Friday, last Friday, and I uh, I made an appointment like two months ago to get a a Kurt Caselli tattoo um, below, like right in here. Yep. And um, I uh, I freaking forgot about enduro cross and I had to I had to cancel it. So I'm kind of bummed out on that. I was gonna get the number one plate with the wings coming off of it and said, you know, ride in peace or rest in peace or something. Yep. Yeah, that's so cool. I've been, that. I've been, uh, you know, when when everything kind of went down and a lot of guys, I saw like Eric Kudla and his buddies and stuff were getting some of the tattoos coming back from Baja, you know, after, I mean, not even a full week, not even a full three days yeah. after everything had went down. I was like, heck yeah, I want to get a tattoo. And I've just unfortunately had a lot of stuff come up, but I still, I kind of, I've been, I realized I didn't want it to be, I've never had a tattoo that I just went and got. Like I've thought about them and really committed to yeah. it. Um, and so I'm going to do the same thing and I've still kind of given it some thought. So it'll be cool when I get one. I just kind of give it some more thought. So you, you actually brought up a really good point. We had questions from the chat room about the Enduro Cross race that you did do in Missouri. So tell us a little yeah. bit about that event and uh, how you did there. They're pretty cool. Um, it was like a motocross format. Friday night, um, well, I, ride a, I rode my 450 XC in it and um, I had a killer hole shot. I actually hole shot at every moto. Um, and I got past Matt Crouch was there. He's a Texan. Um, yeah, that guy sucks. Actually, we love Matt Crouch. He's a cool guy. <laughs> He's a cool guy. And uh, let's see, Tucker Smith, Caleb Haynes. Um, there was Steve Levan. There was, I think, 12 pros the first night. And I, uh, the first moto, I got third. Could not hang on to my, to my bike at all. Like, arm pump, so bad. Um, got third the first moto and then the the second moto i won so i went three one for second overall tucker smith went one two um he was second overall i think uh i think steve was third overall um matt he uh he was revving his bike out i think at the beginning of the second moto and um the stator wire something happened with the stator wire and it just shut out we thought it was reed and uh he couldn't race he i think he ended up racing a uh uh, like a 254 stroke or something, but hated it, I guess. Um, he kind of pulled off or whatever. And um, anyway, I got second overall the first night. And then the second night, I uh, won the first heat and I won the second heat. So I went 1 1 for first overall and got both whole shots. It was sick. Nice. Made uh, made 800 bucks. So yeah, pretty good payout. Yeah, that is a pretty good payout for kind of a local. Enduro cross yeah. for event. That's yeah, it's five. It's five hundred a five hundred a night to win. And like um, back in twenty twelve or twenty eleven, it'd been twenty twelve because I won, I won the uh, the main both nights, and I won a dash for cash. So I made like twelve hundred bucks in two nights. Wow, yeah, that's pretty uh, good. They pay pretty good at those. So, are you going to be uh, competing against Mr. Cody Webb anytime soon? <laughs> oh, I did a. Uh, and Nitro, okay, last year at the Enduro Cross, Kenny Bartram came, and he uh, he rode. I guess the promoter talked him into coming somehow. I don't know how, but he did. And he uh, he talked to me and um, asked me if I wanted to go to this Nitro Circus thing in Vegas and do an Enduro Cross. I was like, heck yeah, it'd be really cool, but I don't know if I can come up with the money to get out there. And he's like, well, I'll, uh, I'll take your bike. So um, he took my bike out there, and um, I hole-shotted the first moto. And Brown passed me, and shoot, I was, oh, top five for like, it was like a 20-minute motor. I was top five for like five or six laps. So I got all tired, and I mean, Redmond was there, Cody Webb, Colton Haker, 
uh, Brown, Gary Sutherland, Max Gertzen, Sandoval. There was there was like ten of them that were studs in the Enduro Cross. The whole crew. And I ended up tenth overall out of like thirty pros. It was pretty good, and it was like a, it was kind of like a mini works race. It was kind of way out of my element, but I thought I did pretty good. I wanted to do it this year, but I'm I'm out here now, and it's going on. I think the twenty somethings. I don't know what the weekend like twenty third or something. Well, the Atlanta Atlanta Enduro Cross round is going to be coming up later this year. Do you think you'll be in a position to be able to attend that one and try to beat him again then? I have no idea. It'd be really cool if they, if there's not a GNCC or something going on. That'd be kind of cool to go to. I I have not looked at the schedule. Endurocross.com. Welcome to the internet. Internet. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia is August twenty third. So that- they're coming all the way out here. Yeah, they, this this is the first time they're going back east in quite a long time. I think probably because three years. I went to Guthrie in like 2010. Yeah, I, w- I used to race in Guthrie too back in the back in Z day. Yeah, they there were I guess there wasn't good enough turnout, so they never came back. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty much what it comes down to. And it's like they, if they stay more out west, they get a better rider turnout. They get more people. You know, they can like they'll sell out the Orleans Arena, which they did in Vegas when we were there. Um, a that's crazy ago. so yeah it's just a, for whatever reason on the west coast they can you know get better turnouts for a lot of the motorsports uh, i think they just need to do a little bit better promoting on the east coast probably i think the east coast would have a lot of people come out to that kind of stuff um if it's yeah. a little bit better uh, promotion for it we'll see right i don't know wide open no conflict says mr bolton so you better put it on your schedule and we'd like to see you and the baylor boys there together I'll talk to him, see if we can't go. It'd be pretty fun because yeah. I'm pretty sure I whooped Stewart last time we were out here on his own enduro cross track. Dang near lapped him, so that's what I'm talking about. I could put it to him at that. Well, he he doesn't have a navicular bone anymore, so he may be he he may weigh a lot less and be able to go faster. <coughs> Cheating. <laughs> I just get bones taken out. I can't lose weight, man. I just get bones yeah. taken out. Hey, no, I've got I've got one for you. I had a I had brain surgery back in '07, and I had a. Chuck my brain taken out, so there. We're, I guess we're even. Whoa! So not only do you, for you to get faster, you didn't just like lose a little bit of weight. You just said, "Get rid of the brain." I need to be a little less smart. Yeah, and I'll be able no, to go I faster. A, I had a brain tumor, and I had to get it taken out. It was like the size of like you ever seen those jumbo grapes you can buy at the at the Walmart. Yep. They're like not the size of a golf ball, but they're pretty big grape. But like I had one of those on my cerebellum, which is like your your balance, right? Part of your brain, and I had to get it removed. Found it. I had a bicycle crash. Wasn't wearing a helmet and slammed my face and found a brain tumor. So that that put me down for like four months. Wear your helmets, kids. Wear right. your helmets. Try it. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the Ozark 100, the 100 miler race. Um, we want to know uh, more about this event and how badass you are at it. It's a long day. Um, <laughs> it's a really, it's a really long day. It starts at like nine o'clock in the morning and. Um, the first race is 40 miles long. You do two laps, 20-mile course. And um, the second race is two laps on the same 20-mile course. And then the night loop is 20 miles, but it's it's on a, like a shorter course where they throw in um, different elements and stuff. Right. And um, it's really cool. Like, they light them up with a bunch of lights, and there's tons of people. And, you know, it's – I mean, it's not impossible to go up them, but it's pretty difficult. Like, we usually throw on trough tires and stuff to get up it. And, um, well, this year I, uh, I won the first moto by three or four minutes over Caleb Haynes. 
And um, the second moto, um, I kind of had a stator problem like Matt Crouch had, um, going across fields and stuff wide open and start cutting out, cutting out. And then my, uh, my float stuck also. So I came up on my last lap into the pits right out of the woods. And it was probably a quarter mile to the finish. And um, I think, Caleb, yeah, Caleb was in the lead. And I uh, had to push my bike in. So I ended up second at that moto. And then um, the night loop, I had a three-minute lead on the first lap. And I was going down a hill. And things started cutting out really bad, and it just shut off, would not start, left me staring out in the dark. So Ugh. I had to walk out. So it kind of, I was 93 miles into the thing and had to walk out. It sucked. I was so mad because it's like I won it last year, and heck, I made 1100 bucks. You know, I needed that money because I was planning on coming out to stewards, and, right. you know, I really needed that stuff. So I'm kind of bummed out about it this year, but, um, Hopefully we can do it again next year. Um, it's a good time. It's just a really long day, and you got to really have your, your crap together. So, Yeah, well, uh, I know Cole Kirkpatrick used to head up there a lot and do that event, and he's always done really good at it. You've yep. done really good at that event. Um, did you ever get a chance to do Last Man Standing when it was still around here in North Texas? No, I think I was in, like, the C class or B class whenever they uh, – the last year they had it. I really wanted to. Like, the next year, if they would have had it one more year, I would have tried and qualified. But, like, I went to – I think I went to one or two events, and I was like, this is really cool. Like, I've, I've even, you know, went down there and done most of the obstacles back in, like, 2010, I think. Yeah, I went riding with Steve Levan and, and Cole. And um, who's the promoter? His name's Josh. Oh, yeah. the guy He works for Red Bull now. Uh, yeah. I, anyway, I was with him, Cole, yeah. and, and Steve. And we uh, – you know, he showed us the obstacles, and, I mean, we played around on them and, I mean, made it up them be really cool to do if they'd have something else like that again everything else like that's like overseas and costs like 20 grand to get over there yeah it's unfortunate because that event really was cool and red bull was really willing to put in a lot of money and give a lot of money for the uh, uh the club to put on the event it's just the problem was that they couldn't ever get anybody out there i mean and it yeah. was far i mean Baltimore yeah. is nowhere near close to anything in reality i mean the closest city big city is gainesville and that's still you know an hour and a half north an yeah, hour, hour yeah. and a half north of Dallas, which is your biggest city. Which So, um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be cool. Well, dude, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how things go for you. Uh, in two weeks, you're going to be at the first National Enduro? Yep. All right. So You're in South Carolina. So Are you going to be, we'll be at right the, here all, uh, is it the Cherokee this weeks, weekend? I'll... Yeah, Are you going to be out so. there? No, I don't know what the plan is. Like, I just got here and I haven't really talked to anybody. So, I, I mean, here's my, my what, what's supposed to be a race bike, and it's clearly ain't got a pipe on it. Electric start's still on it. I've got a lot of work to do. Oh, leave and, the electric um, start on it. What the hell, dude? It's weight. It's weighs like 15 pounds. Oh I, my I god. Yeah, that, I think the clockwork tank. He, Kevin, at clockwork. He, uh, I think he made it where the tanks with the electric start, but. I always take them off. They're annoying. I don't use them, so. Whatever, dude. That's a lifesaver for, like, slow-ass mother nah. idiots like me that make mistakes on the side of hills and don't want to kick your bike. Are you crazy? Well, why, are you, why are you stalling your bike on a hill? You're supposed to be gassing when you go up hill. Yeah, well, you haven't seen me ride. You know why I fall, because <laughs> I suck. That's why. Woo! <laughs> well, dude, good luck. Have fun with it. You got any last words of wisdom for us before uh, before we end it all and uh, let you get back to putting your bike together? Um, I don't know. I'm just excited to, to do what I'm doing. Hopefully I can make it the whole season. 
I don't know. It's just going to depend on how much money I got. I got to eat bologna, I guess, every day. So, well, uh, try to save as much money as I can. What's the way that we can, besides going to the Seat Time Facebook page or to the chat room where I put the link in both places, where else can people find a way to get to the funding link that you have going on? I mean, if, yeah, just um, Facebook. You know, tons of people have Facebook. Just message me on there. You know, we can figure something out. I can give you guys my phone number or whatever. Like, I don't care to talk to people. And, uh, um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, you know, GoFundMe. I have a PayPal account. I mean, everything. So, and actually, like, I have no idea how to run a PayPal account. I just one of these guys on the GoFundMe, like, hey, I, you should do a PayPal account, you know? Right. Set something up like that. I was like, okay, I'll do it. He's like, I'll I'll give you a hundred bucks, whatever, if you do a PayPal account. I was like, okay. I have no idea how to use it. So, <laughs> well, just just like the Skype deal. I don't know how to Skype either. I mean, I'm not really ever messing around on my phone. Well, that's okay. That's half the reason why we like doing Sea Time the way we do it because it pushes uh, a lot of the dirt bike community to get out of the dark ages and and, uh, say, and, and <laughs> welcome technology into their life. Because now we don't just have to talk on the phone; we can look at each other eye to eye. I know it's and have so cool. Much more in-depth conversations and really feel right. the emotion. Right. So yeah, I've got I've got the GoFundMe.com and um, I've got a PayPal, and you can also get a hold of me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Dig it. Well, cool, dude. Good luck. Have fun out there. Thank you for being on Seat Time. Glad that we got, yeah, to, thank you guys. got to break your virtual couch cherry. And uh, hopefully, uh, be it good results, bad results, or just an interesting time, hopefully we get to talk to you soon about uh, how everything's yep. going for you, right? Yep. Sounds good. All right, dude. Well, have fun and tell the Baylors I said to suck it. All right. I will. <laughs> Later, man. All right, see you. Peace. All right, so that was fun. Um, I, I had I've never talked with Cole Hensley before, so honestly, I did not know what to expect. Um, really cool dude, seems down to earth. Um, it's gonna be fun. Let's go ahead and hold off on calling in our next guest because I want to show that video. Um, so, like we've mentioned before, big sponsor of the show is Fly Racing. Um, if you guys uh, can't afford to go out and say thank you to us and, and maybe support us a little bit by picking up a little bit of swag, that's okay. Everybody's got their own agendas and everybody's got their own stuff that they do. Their money's very important to them. I understand that. Definitely, what you can do, though, is go to flyracing.com and, and at least look through all the offerings that they have for you and how they're not just making better gear for you to ride in, but they're also making our sport better. I don't know if you've noticed that a lot of the off races that you go to nowadays, but fly racing is taking over um, and they are supporting just about any series that they can get themselves into. And a lot of people are like, ah, oh, they're just trying to get people to wear their gear. That's not the main part of it. You have to understand that sure, there's a business aspect to it, but as well, they want to make sure that our sport is supported and that the support's there for the promoters and for the racers and for the riders and for the families. And you definitely see Fly Racing doing a fantastic job doing that, supporting um, the the sport that we love and doing all the off stuff in the off-road world. So big thanks to them for supporting Seat Time, supporting the scene, and uh, making awesome gear. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was the fact that we have this fantastic Pintful of Awesome Award that uh, we have given three guests three weeks in a row fantastic Fly Racing swag. Excuse me. And I say we. Fly Racing has given them free gear. Um, and free prizes for tagging Pintful of Awesome for all of their posts that they have done. Um, we've checked Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a lot of the other social networks out there um, for that hashtag, and we find good stuff. Well, we had some dudes, uh, Chuck, 
Um, he actually put a video together of them uh, riding on a frozen pond, and he even titled it that they were having, they were out enjoying a pint full of awesome. Um, and see, he sent me the YouTube link, so we're going to show that to you guys right now. And I'm not going to sing for you the mud vein that's in the background. But it's pretty interesting. What I thought was cool, so they took a four-wheeler and they plowed around this uh, this pond, where, wherever they live. I don't really remember. And uh, but, So they start kind of going around it. And then they're like, oh, hey, wait a minute. We're on dirt bikes. Let's race. And this is where it gets really funky. And uh, I don't really know how uh, good I would be at this. I would definitely attempt it. But at the same time, you can tell that just the angle that they're getting, that these dudes are totally just all over the place. I would imagine they have studs uh, in their tires. I think they said in the video description that they do have studs uh, in their tires. And if you look really close on his front number plate, it looks like it's a national enduro number. So obviously these are guys that are close to us and close to our hearts in the sense that they're out there doing all the same events and same races that we're doing. So super cool, these guys, to be... Uh, to be out there doing this stuff. I just thought this was really neat. And uh, they do have some good crashes as well. As you can imagine, you can't really uh, you can't really ride on ice on a dirt bike without having really good crashes. I think, I want to say that's a Husaberg. I see the blue fender, but it looks like it has the KTM, uh, the older KTM uh, front end on that fender. So I want to say that that's kind of a Husaberg. Um, obviously now Husky, but... You know, it happens. We could, oh, just going down. You know me. <laughs> love it. Love it. I would be such a spode on something like this, Steven. This would be so much fun to be able to get the chance to do this. But the problem is, is that my hands would be so cold. <laughs> what do you think, Steven? How would you do in this situation? Oh, I'd, I'd fall off a bike and dirt, so. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm not two-wheel. See if you friendly. can skip ahead a little bit. Just a little, go a couple bits at a time. There's a bit where the dude, and then when you find it, turn the sound up. Go a little bit. Uh, he's on a, okay, go a little bit more. A little bit more. Uh, it's, he's on a four-wheeler, and he's doing donuts, and he gets it up. Okay, back, like 430, I think. Yeah, right there. It turned the sound up. Oh shit, frog mouth. This dude gets up to like 50 miles an hour. Got <laughs> this speedometer on this thing. With a snowplow on, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you need to stop. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my gosh, these guys are going to kill themselves by going in this frozen water. Well, cool. Well, guys, we really, really appreciate you uh, submitting that YouTube video. Us. Definitely, you guys are the winner for this week. Um, we've got a couple different things that I was going to talk to Dale about to uh, send you guys. Obviously, I think because of the fact that you guys were in the wintry conditions, that we should definitely find uh, some form of uh, snow-powered or snow or winter-esque uh, bit to send you guys. Um, we will definitely be reaching out to get some information from you to send that over to you. Um, 
One of the big things, though, that I wanted to definitely get across to everybody is that this award doesn't just happen because we got two submissions. And that's not what we got this week, but we did notice a dramatic drop in the amount of people that did tag their post. And that's okay. If you guys don't do it, then we don't give out more awards. That's just the way it works, just because we don't want to take advantage of all the awesomeness that Fly Racing is doing for this. So definitely, if you weekly... Um, tag your submissions with Pintful of Awesome. Tell your friends. Tag your friends. Make sure that they're doing the same thing. Because um, unfortunately, I will have to say, if we don't see uh, a dramatic uh, upheaval, uprise in the number of submissions, we're probably going to have to uh, call it a good run for a couple weeks. And uh, we'll move on to some other fun later on. So big thanks to Fly Racing. One of the bits that I wanted to tell you to go check out, though, on their website is the new Action jersey. What I like about this, and I wear this jersey, um, and I call it a jersey. It's more of like a really nice, light T-shirt. Um, but I wear it for when I go work out or maybe when I go for a quick mountain bike rides and stuff like that. Um, it's They call it their active wear shirt. But what's crazy is it's constructed from cafe fabric. It's infused with recycled coffee beans. And I put up a big WTF right there because, but they've found out that whoever makes this type of fabric with these uh, coffee beans has fast drying, odor control, and UV protectant all built in uh, to this fabric that they use for these jerseys. So it's crazy. So go to their website, check it out, and they do talk about this uh, this cafe fabric that they have. It's uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, but again, uh, Stephen just had a great picture up there. These these uh, these jerseys are sexy. Uh, a lot of the graphics that Fly's putting out these days look so good. So not only do you get to have this great breathable jersey, this t-shirt jersey that keeps you cool while you're doing stuff outdoors, but you get to look fly as well. See what I did there? See what I did there? Wicked awesome. All right, so I was going to go ahead and see if we could get our next guest up uh, uh, to chat for a little bit just to see what kind of random things are going on. I don't know that we've talked too much about who is going to possibly be coming on the show we'll see if we can get somebody to answer and come on. Are you there? Yeah. We're, oh, the video. Yeah. Bring it down just a little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't see it. That's okay. We can. Yeah. There and we, we go. Knew, we knew it was poor. All right. So as everybody knows, this is our good friend, uh, Jared Bolton, our very own redheaded stepchild that uh, – I would it just when you're kind of like man I want to do something fun that we just haven't done in a while we just go random we just let's talk to Bolton let's see what's going on in the life and the ramblings of that little man and uh, and enjoy the good times so dude what has been going on and what randomness are you uh, getting involved in uh there's all sorts of stuff going on um uh today specifically not a whole lot uh, I went into the office at PG and. I started. I started working, and I did not stop working until like thirty minutes after I usually leave. <laughs> so yeah, to to say it's kind of busy right now is an understatement. So yeah, that's that's pretty good. Uh, we got Atlanta Supercross coming up this weekend. I'm gonna go spectate a little bit. Uh, Cherokee Enduro the following day, which I think I'm probably gonna skip out on. Might you know have fun at the supercross instead which i i hate to say hate to say i'm skipping out on cherokee because that is actually a fantastic race so uh but i got i got to ride sweep at sumter a few weeks ago so that's a plus yeah yeah um i i want to know what was your take on did you okay better yet did you watch dallas supercross i actually did not because i do not have cable here 
and I have to find a good link to watch it with usually. So, yeah. Well, uh, the, they do have uh, what is there's a there's a, a Monster Moto channel out of Australia that that has rights to upload them to their YouTube channel. So you can find I'll, if you don't have that link, I'll send you the, the subscription. I mean, it's not illegal. It's just they since Monster Energy has part of the rights, they can't upload them in the states, but they upload them to their Australian YouTube channel. Um, so you can get them all there in HD, which is nice. What I was going to say, though, is I was very disappointed in the Dallas Supercross track. And for some reason, I'm always disappointed in the Dallas Supercross track, unfortunately. They just seem like they have so much space to work with. But unfortunately, they never seem to take advantage of it very well, which kind of disappoints me. Um, I'd really like to see a little bit more creativity. They have this uh, twice the length of a football field type area that they can do all this stuff you know, do do all this stuff with, and they just make this boring race. Um, now we did see some some interesting racing going on in the mains, and we saw a couple people washing out. You know, Martin Davalos, Martin Davalos having some issues and stuff like that. But it was, uh, I don't know. I just wish that they would make better racetracks there in Dallas because that's my home race. I want to see badass racing. I was glad to see the the East Coast guys. It's really cool that the. Uh, the uh, East Coast racers did so freaking well on the 250, the, the pro circuit guys. Are you there, Bolton? Uh, yeah. We're not getting your video. I don't know if you care or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. It, like, dropped you, and there was, like, nothing for, I don't know, a while. Oh, we got a question in the chat room, though, specifically to us about you and RidePG. How long will it take to get some number plates to Texas from RidePG? Texas is like two or three days. Or so, you can do same-day shipping. Yeah, you can do that if you want to pay for it. <laughs> but uh, they can use, obviously, the seat time discount tote, which will save them uh, up to 10 which will save them 10%, so at least they get some taxes back on it. And then, of course, because of the fact that if Mark Weeks is his name, if he gets in touch with Bolton and says that he was the one getting in touch with him on the show, I'm sure that there's a couple other discount codes that he could put in. Yeah, the yeah, we we could we could work with you a little bit. That's what I'm locking about. But we'll we'll still, Mark definitely uh, reach out to Bolton um, or at least Ride PG. Tell him you were talking to us on the show and uh, make sure we can make things some some things happen and get that stuff going. So Atlanta Supercross, you're gonna have a good time. You might enjoy a couple pintfuls of awesome of your own accord. Um, what yeah. else? What else? What else? What about Chester? How's Chester? Oh, oh, that's good. He's hanging out in the garage where you know where a dirty cock should be. Yep. Kind of keep your dirty cock away from everybody in the public arena because it, exactly it could get weird. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, somebody was asking about some suspension work from Ride PG. See, that would be through uh the Power Sport. What is it? The Power Sport. It'd be Ride PG Power Sports, which actually, actually, that side it's also just Ride PG Suspension. So, okay. Um, that's formerly WP Racing USA. Um, just a name change is all. Still, everything's the same. So, uh, we kind of know what we're doing a little bit. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. So, in that sense, like with the the WP factory moving to California, are you is that is that connection then no longer there anymore? Uh, no, I mean, it's still, like I said, all it is for us is just a name change, really. Okay, and then what about um, the new bit with Factory Connection being the suspension 
gurus, if you will, for the KTM off-road team. Wasn't it uh, Bart Brett Hayes at Ride PG for so long? No, uh, uh, no, no, no. We've actually, we, on the suspension side, we've never done the factory KTM team. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, but we, we, well, when it was when it was Husky, or when it was Husaberg, we did them, but now we are doing the, the Husky team as well for both graphics and suspension. Which is awesome. Which is yeah, awesome. it is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a good question to ask uh, our buddy Zach Huberty from Innovation Off-Road. Uh, why do you think they went with Factory Connection for the FMF Off-Road team? Why do you think the you switch You know what? Uh, honestly, I have no clue. Me too. Um, it, you know, it, it, it could just be the fact that, you know, Factory Connection, they, they have a lot to offer, so... Why not? You know, give them a shot. See how it works. I wonder. It seems interesting because I we saw a video. I think it was Vital MX, maybe that went to the WP uh, factory that they just opened. You know, next to the KTM factory where they're gonna they're spouting the fact that they're gonna be doing all the WP suspension in house now. And you're like, oh, cool. That's got to be great for all the factory racers. And then the next thing we hear is that the factory KTM team for off road. You know, won't be using WP anymore. It was like, oh, that's strange. I thought they just put all this money into WP. Why would they go with somebody else? Yeah, it's interesting, but you know, they're the factory KTM team. They can do what they want. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. They're professionals. Obviously, they they should know what they're doing at least. But they were factory yeah, connection exactly. before. That's that's so. Yeah, that that's the way I always look at it. Um, they wouldn't make a bad decision. Uh, any decision they make is going to be because they think it's the right thing to do. So it's yeah, they're the right decision for them at the time, and so they realize it was the yeah. wrong decision at the time. Right, right. But you know, like it's not just like it's not like some people do, where they just say, "Oh, here's this. We'll do that." <laughs> I like it. If you want to look left, make sure you turn right. Exactly. <laughs> So I like got, to be as vague as possible. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, what other kinds of fun things on the East Coast are you looking forward to? You got GNCC, you got uh, Enduros, you got Atlanta Supercross and Atlanta Enduro Cross. Um, I when we were chatting earlier, you even mentioned something about an ISDE. I was like, what? Oh, what is this? I don't know. Chatterness. So like, what? Yeah, it's uh, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Um, well, it, it, it's nothing. It's nothing but talk at the moment but there is you know it seems to come up every now and then but um i'm fairly serious about it if uh if i can connect all the right people together all of the best i can and do everything i can there's other people that would like to do the same thing to bring the isd to the united states again so yeah. it could happen it may not happen you know you, you never really know but uh Realistically, I'd say it's not, it's not, it's definitely not impossible. Okay, so with with what you do know about being a race promoter, because you have put on quite a few races, you've also helped out with the GNCC for a very very long time. Um, you've made quite a few connections in multiple facets of the off road world of racing. What what's your what would be your next steps, and how would you put together uh, a chance to try to then promote an ISDE? event in the states 
<laughs> That's a good question because when we when we first came up with the idea and realized the location where it was feasible, there were three of us that were like, "Now what?" <laughs> um, Next, so we. we we reached out to a, to a few different people. Uh, like the the one that's really been reached out to the the conversation I sat in on was was with Jeff Russell. Um, that's obviously GNCC Trail boss, and he's yep. Caleb's dad. Um, he's also done his fair share of ISDEs, and he's been to many many more. And he's actually he's expressed a lot of interest in putting one on before. So we kind of reached out to him to. Basically, just ask what the next step would be and see if he would be interested in in doing it. So uh, that's basically that's kind of as far as it's gone at the moment. But real realistically, past that, the next step would be to get together with Auntie from the the team manager, of the KTM team, yep. and uh, use use him as the go to to the uh, to the FIM and uh, actually making everything official to put in a bid on it. It's just you got to figure out if it could even work here as a from a from a legal standpoint really well what's the legal part of it that, you, that you're talking about um i mean obviously it's uh it's getting the town the county the state all you got you know you've got to get all of them involved to okay it to use you know obviously you've got to use roads you've got to you've got to you've got to get to get together enough land for six days of racing really so yeah and not just um, not just you know turn two lefts and you're at the next test you know they want they exactly they're used to miles and miles of transition uh between tests exactly and um i mean like i said we, we've got a we've got a location that we feel is uh is suitable and they can handle it it's just a matter of uh i guess just basically getting those that know what they're doing to do it and uh getting the proper people behind it to cool. make it happen so well i guess the we'll biggest see. thing is i can say is just uh any way that you know little tiny old sea time can help out even if it's just on a media component um later on as things come together we'd love to be involved i would love to uh to have another isde in the country i think uh back when it was in oklahoma i was like nine years old or something so my dad and i didn't didn't head up there but it would have been cool it would have been super cool so yeah i was three yep and you were, I, I was, you were I still was, a redhead <laughs> yeah i i was three so uh i was i wasn't you know i was racing the vet class then yeah <laughs> you were preparing to suck at life oh so we're gonna have our kind of gncc prep show in two weeks um it's gonna be the yeah. tuesday before so it's gonna be you and jeremy sailor um uh, myself of yeah. course um, we're going to try, I haven't confirmed, confirmed with Jordan, but we're going to try to get Jordan back in, uh, into the studio, not just for push-ups, but as well um, for being able to uh, have her in for her, all of her knowledge, having raced the, you know, the GNCCs in the women's class for so long. What are they, didn't they change the name of the women's class this year? Is it XCW or something like that? It is WXC1, I believe. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, um, I mean, basically, I think that that decision kind of stems from people have been wanting to call it a uh, women's pro class, but the thing about labeling it as, as a pro class is it, it, we kind of feel like that would uh, that would possibly just 
gear people, you know, when you go to another series, they would steer you to ride in A class or the pro class, you know. Um, so basically, it's just trying to avoid any sorts of uh, any sort of a protest. Is really what that is. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I like it though. I like it. Yep. I like it. Um. I have to. Use... It, actually, it is. It is WXC is the official title. Uh, did you see that in the chat room? No, I actually went on the website and looked it up. Okay, because uh, Zach had just put it in the chat room for us. I don't know how that guy's memory works so well, because mine doesn't, obviously. But damn. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it started out as WXC one, and then was changed to WXC for the official posting there. And we like to be official. That's why I was C still. Time. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so as a as a precursor to the precursor show, what's your number one biggest most awesome rumor? Uh, leading up to Florida about the 2014 GNCC series? Um, a rumor? Rumor or fact that we maybe don't know about. Mm. Well, there is a rider that was um, a very fast amateur rider last season that um, had some sort of a ride lined up, and basically that ride fell apart. And therefore, now he will be contesting the XC2 class basically on his own again. And this particular rider, in my opinion, has a lot of potential. So hopefully, he turns some heads and maybe gets some uh, get some real support, and hopefully, has a little bit better luck with a uh, ride staying together. So we'll see. Nice. It's not the Obermeyer Suzuki team, is it? It is not. Okay, good. This is uh this is something that this ride fell apart. Uh basically it's something that very, very few people even knew about that was even a possibility. Right. Yep. So uh and actually actually before Chris Bach landed his Honda ride, he was actually put in to be part of this. So uh he kinda lucked out he lucked out really good with the Honda ride because otherwise he would have been back on his own dime regardless. Well, is it, is it kind of like the thing with the Jeff Ward deal when they had their Supercross team and in reality they just didn't have the funding for it and then it fell apart because of that? Somewhat. This was basically um, they were going to get bikes, but the bikes were not going to be available in time. And the bikes that were available were just going to be sold. <laughs> that sounds strange. And definitely something yeah, you don't so, want to put your, so basically, into. Basically, you just have to think about what brand uh, isn't completely available yet. And what is available needs to be sold. Well, it'll be Betas or Shurkos. Or something that is not has not really hit dealer floors yet. That is white and blue and yellow. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that would have been. Yeah. I wonder if that was was the uh, were the the Air Radiant guys planning on coming to GNCC. Uh no, no, no. This was just this was one. This was basically it was going to be through a shop in a nutshell. Okay, so it was going to be Huskies coming to a shop or coming through yeah, through a shop. Through a shop, and basically. Basically, the shop's not, not going to get their bikes in time to pull a deal together. And what they are going to get, they don't have enough demos to go around. Yeah. 
So basically, they're getting zero demos. What they get, they're just gonna have to sell. I like it, man. That's yeah, so it's, it's yeah. It's, like, it, that ends up being a real bummer for for this particular rider. But like I said, he had great success on his own last year. So maybe uh maybe let's do to do the same. Yeah, um, and it's interesting too because. Uh, what was like Nick Ferringer, you know, they, he, I think he just got his bike like a week, a week ago, two weeks ago and air, air gradient, yeah. uh, air radiant, uh, doing the national enduros and some of the OMAs, they were from what I understand, kind of going back and forth between Sherco's and the Huskies and they chose Husky. Um, they're supposed to kind of have like the factory service, uh, Husky setup, like what you would see, um, you know, some of the other, like the BTO sports, or Rockstar KTM teams, how they kind of have that factory services with KTM. This was supposed to be like a factory service, or is a factory service Husky team. They didn't even get his bike until like a week or two ago. It just seems crazy. And Andrew DeLong was waiting on his for a really long time. Um, you know, Augie Bright had his for a while on the West Coast. Um, it seemed like Brownie probably had his too. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of interesting that even the bikes coming over from Europe just took that long to get here. Yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of unfortunate how it's kind of played out. But uh, I mean, sometimes that happens, and that obviously that can happen with uh, no matter how big a company is, no matter how strong a company is, it can happen. So yeah, it's just part of that's part of how the world works. I agree. Well, I'm probably gonna get a husky. You should. Yeah, you know, as since they're pretty sweet. Since we're just making decisions, you know, that we don't have to keep. Right, right, right. I mean, they are uh, ha- having the chance to uh, have ridden one. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. You, was it a was it blue at the time? <laughs> was it a no? Uh, no. Uh, well, if that's the case, I've ridden all of them. <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. You rode one yeah. when it was orange, and one when it was blue, and one that was yeah, probably exactly. a combination of both. <laughs> yep. Well, I wrote a blue one with orange plastic on it. It happens to the best of us. Well, okay. Um, I was going to talk about one other thing, and I go to look at my notes, and could they just write a KTM with white and blue plastic for the time being? Uh, it's funny that you say that because that is exactly what uh, Russell Bobbitt did um, at the Little Brown. Was it the Little Brown Jug, or was it at at the Burnt Gin Hair Scramble? Burnt Gin Hair Scramble. Yeah, he had a KTM. Yes, he, he had a KTM with and husky it, graphics on it. They had sent him white yeah. plastic, but he didn't put the white plastic. He didn't on. even. He didn't even use the white plastic. I think uh, to me that's just awesome. Like, that's just true NFG, really. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I asked him. I was like, "Hey, can you want to come on the show tonight and talk to us about the new Huskies and being on a 350 this year?" And he literally replied back, "Nope." And I was like, I just said that. Thanks for being honest. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's pretty awesome. He is. He's a cool dude. But yeah, I, he's he's, he's definitely an NFG you know, for sure. Oh yeah, he's he's one of the he's one of the few that I don't know like really well. But the bit that I know him, I'm I'm a fan. I'm yep. a fan just because he's just like yeah, whatever. Yep, this is very true. I like uh, hearing the stories from Cole and uh, Farringer and stuff after they go have themselves a little romp somewhere traveling around doing something because it's always interesting hearing what those little boys get into yeah yeah crazy gina's always got some good stories (laughs) yeah all right well uh tell us tell us what else is going on and we'll uh we'll wrap it up here my friend 
Close, close us man, up. Come on, give uh, us, give us some, give us, give us some goods. Man, it's it's pretty quiet, really. I've been like, I've been I've been like jonesing, jonesing for some info. Like, well, can we like yawning, make up a rumor? Yawning, going insane. I can make up a rumor. I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't know. We're gonna start selling meth, I guess. I don't know. Well, now that we know so much about it, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I, I, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that Seat Time's gonna start offering meth online <laughs> via their big cartel store. <laughs> oh, it's funny that you say that because there's a city in Vancouver that actually they have vending machines, and in these vending machines, for twenty five cents, you can actually buy meth pipes. Yep, and awesome. I mean legitimately That's... buy a pipe to a glass pipe to smoke meth with, and the the reasoning behind this is is because they've noticed so many people, so many more people becoming infected with different STDs and HIV because of the fact that they're using these broken, busted meth pipes, and so they're like, you know what? Okay, we can't stop people from doing meth. We're not going to sell them meth, but we're going to at least give them the option to try to get better tools to do this um, so they don't have to, you know, transfer all these STDs and HIV and stuff like that uh, between each other. So, I mean, That's... seat time selling meth after, you know, maybe isn't that far away in the future if <laughs> all this shit's going on yeah. in Vancouver, man. Yeah, you gotta you gotta offer up all the different kinds. You gotta offer up the blue stuff. You gotta offer up your standard. Do your shake and bake. That's about all I know about it. Yeah, <laughs> what what we know from Walter White and uh, <laughs> and other Man. documentaries I've seen. Yeah, and and living and the, in in the southeast. Hey, East Tennessee is like an hour and a half from my house. No, no, no. You can be in Tennessee in like an hour. They make lots of shake and bake meth in Tennessee. Oh, I don't even want to ask what shake and bake meth is compared to <laughs> basically. Oh, basically, here we go. In Get a it. Nutshell, in a nutshell, they make it in a Gatorade bottle. Oh my god! Which I don't. Yeah, you can make it going down the road. Basically, you just pour all these whatever it whatever they put in it. They pour it in a bottle and they shake it up, and it makes meth. Huh. I saw it on some documentary like, like turns, two years it, ago. It crystallizes and turns into actually like yeah. the in the in the Gatorade bottle. What is this? We got it's one incredible. pot synthesis. Oh, we must have a. Uh, we must have Ryan Kudla on because he's the scientist. He's the he's the one working on his doctorate. <laughs> he's in the chat room talking about the different types of synthesis and stuff about math. I was like, we must have the uh, we might not have the rock and roll Kudla right now. We might have the scientist Kudla. <laughs> it has oh, been quite awesome. an interesting uh, uh, dynamic uh, the the show that we've gone into with uh, the whole meth side of things. But hey, yeah. Sometimes it's a Tuesday night in Texas, and you just go with what you're given. And when we're given mess, we just say yes. Shake and bake. And I have. Shake and bake. You got your title. (laughs) You know, it's funny, though. You mentioned Gatorade Bottle, and we were just talking about Mike Craig to another another person on seat time. But uh, so they've been reminiscing about all the the old motocross days a lot on Pulp MX, uh, 90s motocross. And so they talk about Mike Craig, and apparently his nickname is Gatorade. Because somebody saw his Johnson and it's supposedly as wide around as a Gatorade bottle. 
That's uh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many stories like that that come to mind that I just like I'm just paranoid about now. <laughs> kind of scary. You're like, oh, I hope those stories about me being called Vienna sausage don't come out. Yeah, actually, they just call me Big Pen Cap. That's <laughs> so wrong. Why do you? Why would you call yourself out like that, my man? Because it's funny. Oh, uh, because why not? So, have you ridden a dirt bike at all in this this year? Like two weeks ago. Is that the only yeah. time you've ridden in 2014? I uh, no, like two weeks before that. I, I don't know. I've probably ridden probably four or five times this year. Not bad. Maybe maybe only like yeah, probably like four. Well, we're about to have uh, baby number three. Um, that's actually a pretty good preface for everybody. Uh, we will be having baby number three quite soon. The due date is March 2nd. Um, so probably if that's, I would imagine, unless it happens like on a Wednesday or Thursday, that it'll probably be very close to a Tuesday um, and that we would wind up canceling um, you know, that episode. Um, we're going to definitely stick to, we're going to do the GNCC one. So if it does turn out that it's on that Tuesday and we can't do that one in two weeks, then we're going to go ahead and move that uh, so that we still do it before everybody leaves and gets out of town um, to go for the GNCC. So we'll just have to plan ahead for that. But uh, think about titles for this show. So somebody thought that we should title this episode Meth 101. Um, and I, I, I kind of think that it should almost be like a meth, comma, it's what's for dinner, or like a... You know, maybe like, like a shake and bake meth. It's it's shake and bake. It's not just meth. Like, you know, we need to come up with something good like that. So definitely, what I think everybody should do. Don't just hit the chat room. Send us tweets. So at ctime underscore ceo and give us your good title ideas for the show. And obviously, if it's a base around meth, that's fun too. Might have some fun prizes for you if you're the one that we pick. Um, so I definitely think that it would be very beneficial for you guys. To, uh, to to send in those titles. Okay, Jared Bolton, we are going to cut over to you, not just yet, but we're, when we cut over to you, we're going to use this segment as a seat time uh, teaser, if you will. So you're going to be like, you can, you can come up with any kind of slogan or whatever little thing you want to say, but we're going to cut to you, and you're going to be like, seat time, watch it on the internet, you know, whatever. Okay, are you are you in? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. All right, Steven, let's switch over. All right. Three, two. Hi, I'm Bolton doing an impersonation of King of the Hill. This is Hank Hill, Assistant Manager Strickland Pro Pine. You're watching Seat Time, and this is awesome, and you're not. <laughs> Yay! So fantastic. Well, thank you, Bolton, for being on the show. It's always fun. I definitely look forward to two weeks from now when we get to go through about a year's worth of notes that I have on all the GNCC racing that happened last year and then all the crazy change-ups that we've had this year and what's going on with everybody. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun, and it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> hey. Yo. Hank Hill is from Texas. Hell yeah. Why don't why don't you talk like this? Damn it, Bobby! <laughs> That'd be cool. I can't do that voice without laughing. It would be cool. Alright, well apparently yeah. 
since Chester's not coming out, no dirty dicks on the show tonight. Or dirty cocks. Yeah. (laughs) We don't want any of those on the show tonight. Kind of. Kind of messed that one up. Hey, I don't know if I messed it up as much as I just made it more awesomer. Or that, yeah. <laughs> we just True. go, just went with it. Just went with it. Put it where. Hey, I'm you such know a it. child. <laughs> yeah. Look what I got for snacks. Scooby snacks. Isn't that cute? You know what's really? Teddy Grahams. You know what's really good with Teddy Grahams? Take them and put them in a in a uh, you know like a smallish plastic cup. And uh, put meth in the cup. No. And, oh, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> you uh, like put milk in there and you just eat it like cereal. Ah, ah, yeah. so good, so good. Yeah, we were pretty good. We're pretty much professionals, you know that, right? They were two for five dollars, so. I think it's a a good a good buy. <laughs> well, all right, both on. You get the hell out of here, and I'm gonna go to sleep and uh, post this in the morning. Yeah, that's cool. Do that. I would. Yep. I'm going to go put pants on because I don't have any on right now. Yeah, me either. Why do you think you only see me from here up? Because you're saving the best for last. Uh, sorry. I have pants on. Ah, that's okay. I still don't. (laughs) Ha ha! But I got an awesome shirt on. I do like that shirt. Yeah. Does that say fuck you? Yes, it does. That's even better. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Yep. <laughs> nice. Well, Bolton, thank you again for being on the show. Before we close it up and on out of here, where can people find you? You can find Hank Hill. No, wait a minute. You can find me on Instagram, at Jared Bolton, which is currently my only preferred forum of social media. You can also find me on Twitter, which I kind of dislike. And you can also find me on Facebook. Which I really dislike. But, you know, if you want to be friends on any of those, I don't care. I'll accept you. I accept everybody. Yeah. If you ride a motorcycle, if you ride a motorcycle, a quad, UTV, whatever, I like you. You're all right. We'll put up with you. You're better than normal society. <laughs> yes, I like it. Hey, right, right as I'm saying that, I got a Facebook friend request. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it works, man. Seat time makes everybody famous. So, Chris Bridge, friends with Kylie Ahart, I'm accepting your friend request. On seat time, live. Live. <laughs> Man, that sucks. I didn't get a single Fantastic. friend request. Whores. Nobody likes me. Darn. Oh, well, I'll get over it. All right. Bolton, yep. you get out of here. We're going to finish up this here show. Thanks for being on, dude. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Later, man. All right. So, of course, oh wait, hey wait. Tell us about all the RP, all the ride PG uh, offers going on. Didn't you say you had some offers? Oh yes, yes we do. Yeah. So Uh, for those who don't know, one of our other fantastic sponsors and supporters of the show is PowerSport Graphics, specifically RidePG.com is the website. Bolt-On has some fantastic offers to offer everybody. Yeah. Since it's uh, the beginning of the race season. Everybody likes to have the banner or whatever series that they're racing. Um, we've got quite a few already made, ready to go. Um, usually that's a $9.95 upcharge. But uh, if you order pre-printed backgrounds and use the coupon code free banner, you get that banner for free, obviously. Obviously. So free banner. GNCC, 
GNCC, National Enduro, OMA, J-Day, MAXC. Uh, those are all the ones I know off the top of my head that we've got for sure. Nice. And if you want a seat works, time logo works, on there, so. how much does it cost for a seat time logo? I'll, we'll make sure you get a seat time logo for free. That's what I'm talking about because it couldn't cost shit because I gave you that logo for free. <laughs> so exactly. Don't be charging nobody. It's ready to go. Exactly. Ready to go. It's actually... It's actually a two dollar upcharge every time, and it goes in my pocket. Bitches. I'm just kidding. I could buy a lot of meth with that. You really could. Jerks. All right. Thank you for sharing all the fun stuff that's going on with Ride PG and you and your life at working there. We really appreciate it, and of course, we really appreciate their support of Seat Time. And we look forward to getting uh, new Seat Time graphics for the 300 Quest. Holy mm. Snapchat! Did you get... Holy a, Snapchat, Justin Sode. Did, did you get a picture of his junk? Uh, Is it his Gatorade no, bottle? No, it's pictures... No, it's pictures of my face online. <laughs> did I he look snap- like a woman. <laughs> did he Snapchat you on the internet? Like 10 times. <laughs> it's totally worth... But it's not worth it because it's Snapchat. It's now deleted from the internet forever. What's the point of that? Yeah. That's what's so yeah. fantastic about Caleb the internet. Russell, Caleb Russell snapchatted me 20 minutes ago. And is it a picture of his wife? No. It's, it's a not, picture of his dog. It's not it's worth it. a picture it, of his dog eating food on the table in their motorhome. Fantastic. That's, that's why I have Snapchat, or why I don't have Snapchat, because I can see pictures of dogs on the regular internet. I don't need to have Snapchat exactly. for that. And I'm not about to go to, like, bone daddies or hooters and start trying to get their usernames and try to like talk them into sending me nude photos because that's on the internet as well i don't need to do that if that's what i'm in the mood for what the hell i don't get it but whatever that's okay are you flipping me off no i was holding my phone hey faq you dude yeah (laughs) all right bolt on get out of here and we'll talk to you right. in two weeks, at a minimum. Yes, I, I'll, I'll be around. Love you. Thanks again, dude. We appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. See, see you guys later. Bye. Cuties. Peace. All right. So, Bolton, always a great guy to have on. Again, in two weeks, we will be doing our pre-GNCC show uh, with uh, Bolton. We have Jeremy Saylor and Jordan Milbauer. Uh, Bailey, hopefully in studio uh, with myself. And um, we're probably going to use a Google Hangout for that. So if anybody thinks they might want to have something good to say about that event, definitely start contacting us now. We're going to start connecting uh, a lot of those uh, Google Plus accounts so that we can send invites during the show to people to invite them into the Hangout so that we can talk with them um, and see what they have to say about the 2014 GNCC series uh, coming up. It's going to be a good time. So thank you very much for watching Seat Time. We got a chance to talk with Cole Hensley and uh, Jared Bolton. It sounds like Cole Hensley's got a lot going on in his plate. Um, it's really cool to hear that the GoFunding uh, worked for him. Um, I think that's really neat um, that he was able to use kind of that crowdfunding uh, to be able to make a little bit of money so that he could go race and not have to work as hard. He knows that he does that. It's if he's working all the time and not working out, not training, it's not going to be worth it. And so it's cool to see that that using technology to help fund uh, a chance at having a racing career and a really, uh, really 
congratulate him on making that work. It's pretty cool. Uh, Bolton, as always, is a fun guy to have on. We could talk about random stuff all night. So that's why I kind of have to kick him off because if I don't, we will wind up talking about random stuff all night. And then it turns into a really long show about, unfortunately, absolutely nothing, which uh, that's not why we're here. So, yes, you're right. Who doesn't love Lamp? Everybody doesn't love Lamp. But what? So, seat time. This is the online show for the Offroad Enthusiasts. We really appreciate everybody paying attention. Thank you for your pintful of awesome award submissions. Remember to keep them coming. Unfortunately, we're just going to go ahead and call it quits and figure out other ways for you guys to have fun on the Internet and uh, be crazy for us. So you can find us. SeatTime.co is the website where everything is archived. Of course, uh, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash SeatTime. You can find us on Twitter. We are SeatTime underscore CEO is the username. And we're on Instagram at just regular old SeatTime. If you happen to be on Stitcher or if you listen to podcasts on iTunes, remember you can search for Seat Time, two words, and you can uh, subscribe to us there and just download the audio. I find I I listen to a lot of podcasts when I drive to and from work, um, and then when I get a chance to focus a little bit less on work when I'm doing more monotonous type things, I can put more podcasts on as well then and listen to more. So that's a definite way that you could catch up for uh, some of the stuff you might have missed. Thank you to those in the chat room and for the ones – that have been paying attention to us live this Tuesday evening in Texas. Uh, remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome and uh, keep coming back. We really appreciate you guys being uh, fans of Sea Time. It's been great fun for us. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>